Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new archaeological site that suggests humans arrived in Europe 10,000 years earlier than previously thought, what a giant fossil could teach us about the fearsome sea dragon, and a massive archaeological find in Egypt. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, I've got incredible and surprising news about human origins. New research suggests we may have interacted with Neanderthals for thousands more years than previously thought. Well, hang on. I didn't know we interacted with them at all. Right. Okay. So I'll take a step back. Uh, Homo sapiens evolved in Africa more than 300,000 years ago, but it would be another 100,000 years or so before we started leaving the continent to explore. By the time we made our way to Europe thousands of years after that, though, much of the land had long been inhabited by a close relative of ours, the Neanderthal, who was more naturally inclined to survive cold weather, though they would soon die out. So when did we actually make it to Europe then? Most anthropologists had believed we didn't make it all the way there until about mm, 46,000 years ago, but recent discoveries in a rock shelter found in southern France suggest that Homo sapiens lived in Europe more than 10,000 years earlier, about 56,000 years ago. What did they find in the shelter that proved humans lived there? So archaeologists excavated a rock shelter called Grot Mandarin, perched 750 feet above a river valley. Inside, they found various artifacts and stones that had been heated during toolmaking. By using carbon dating and looking through each sediment layer, researchers were able to create a timeline of who lived in the cave, and it wasn't just Homo sapiens. There was proof that Neanderthals had lived there as well. Well, Neanderthals, you said they died out eventually. So how long were we all running across the same territory? Well, before this discovery, anthropologists thought Neanderthals died out a few thousand years after Homo sapiens arrived in Europe. But with this discovery, it seems the groups would have interacted for more than 10,000 years. Well, were the Homo sapiens in this cave really living there, or were they just passing through? Researchers found evidence of a first Homo sapiens settlement with dozens of inhabitants who lived in the cave structure for about mm, 40 years. These weren't hunter-gatherers just passing through. They were trying to establish themselves in the shelter and live there. If they were there for so long, were they brushing up against Neanderthals? It seems the groups learned from one another. Researchers found flint that the Homo sapiens used to make tools. But the only place to find that kind of flint is pretty far from the shelter. Finding it would have required local knowledge. Knowledge only the Neanderthals who lived there and knew the landscape would have had. Okay, that's pretty incredible. Did they live together there? Well, anthropologists found that the site likely changed hands from Homo sapien to Neanderthal and back and forth for about 14,000 years until Neanderthals left for the last time about 42,000 years ago. This back and forth habitation was one of the most important conclusions from the finding. All right. Well, if they had so much contact, how do we know they didn't have more intimate contact? (laughs) There's a bit of controversy around just that. Some researchers say that Homo sapien remains near those flint tools don't necessarily mean they acquired the tool-making knowledge from Neanderthals. The groups may have formed a hybrid offspring who made the tools. Now, the research team is trying to extract DNA to get a more accurate picture of who is who. We're pretty lucky they settled in caves where those remains could be so well-preserved. Well, Nate, what's even more interesting is that researchers found small Homo sapien-made blades in Grad Mandarin. We've previously found that same kind of blade in Lebanon. This means we can't eliminate the idea that humans may have navigated the waters of the Mediterranean and made landfall in Europe long before they settled and left evidence in the stone shelter. 
So this isn't just about living somewhere before we thought. It's totally recoloring how our ancestors traveled the world and interacted with its various species. Exactly. 10,000 years makes a huge difference. We have always been a wandering species, and now we know just how far our ancient ancestors went to expand their horizons. Researchers in England recently found the largest fossil of the extinct prehistoric sea reptile ichthyosaur. The giant fossil of the fish lizard is more than 30 feet long and gives us new clues about the life of one of the most dominant apex predators our oceans have ever seen. Okay, back up. A fish lizard. What exactly is this thing? (laughs) Well, imagine a long, smooth body with limbs like big paddles and a tail that looked like it belonged to a fish. It used that tail and wiggled its body to move through the water. At the front, it had a six-foot-long head that weighed a ton and was packed full of sharp teeth. That's why it was also known as the sea dragon. It would have been one of the biggest animals in the ocean and an apex predator. Which is saying a lot since it lived in the sea during the Jurassic period when dinosaurs walked the Earth, about 251 million to 65 million years ago. Okay, I hate that. Uh, Where would I have gone to avoid this thing? Well, only on land, really, because fossils of them have been found in waters near China, the United States, Canada, and Europe. Yikes. Okay, uh, where did they find the biggest one? That's what I'll avoid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was in the UK, 100 miles north of London, at the Rutland Water Nature Reserve. It's a landlocked area now, but during the Jurassic period, it would have been covered with a warm tropical sea. It's pretty cool. An employee was walking across the nature reserve when he saw what he thought were pipes coming out of the mud. He looked closer and realized they were vertebrae, so they called in the experts. What kind of shape was that in after millions upon millions of years? Since this fossil was in Jurassic clay, it had not turned completely to stone. Rather, the researchers described a consistency more like biscuits. They couldn't dig out the entire fossil because it would have crumbled as the mud around it broke apart. But even on site, it didn't take long to realize the caliber of the discovery. Gross. Well, how do you study it if you can't even lift it out of the mud? They encased it in plaster to give it strength and protection and pulled it out in large sections. They were also careful, though, to create a 3D model of the bones to know where they were laid out. Even the location of the bones can help us learn about how the creature lived and hunted. Well, okay. Uh, Other than its size, did they find anything interesting? The rear fin was incredibly well-preserved, but it was also facing the wrong way. And this, along with a kink in its spine, made the researchers think the sea dragon may have been scavenged after its death by other creatures. Huh, but those scavengers didn't take a bunch of bones? Thankfully not. The fossil is the largest and most complete found in the UK, so researchers are understandably stoked. They still have a ton of exhaustive work to do processing the fossil, especially given the fragile nature and massive size of the bones. Many suspect that working through the fossil, removing clay, cleaning and conserving the bones, and making permanent supports to protect it from its own weight will take about two years. So where do you do this with something so large? It's not like you can clean a six-foot, one-ton skull on a museum desk. Some researchers think moving forward with this work might require an entire wing of a facility. When they get it, though, they will not only be able to study the bones, but also any diseases it might have had, and they'll be able to study the contents of its stomach. Oh, all from a fossil? Yeah, these fossils are incredible. Researchers have even found other sea dragon fossils with offspring inside their birth canals. There is still so much we could learn. I have got a story today about an era of history I know you love, ancient Egypt. Ooh, it's a fascinating time period for science, architecture, and culture. What did we find this time? Well, 
Archaeologists recently discovered an ancient Egyptian city, and the quality of the site's preservation is drawing comparisons to Pompeii. The 3,000-year-old city, Rise of Aten, may be the largest Egyptian archaeological discovery since King Tut's tomb. That discovery completely changed what we knew about ancient Egypt, especially the important process of a king's burial. It was a tidal shift in our knowledge, and this recent discovery is big enough to have the same effect. That's pretty incredible. But how does one go about finding a whole city, especially if it's been lost for thousands of years? Well, archaeologists were looking for a temple beside King Tut's tomb and instead found this new city. When archaeologists started looking for the temple, they found mud brick walls, and the more they dug, the more those walls just kept extending and extending and extending. It wasn't one building. It was one after another after another after another. It's in a really important area of ancient Egypt known as Luxor, the southern half of the ancient city of Thebes on the western bank of the Nile River. There's already a bunch of ancient monuments in the area, including King Tut's tomb and the Valley of the Queens. Weren't these just walls, though? Or were there buildings we can go inside? Well, so that's what's so incredible. Buried beneath all that soil, the city was incredibly well-preserved. When they started digging, they found buildings left as if the inhabitants had walked off a few days before. The city is packed with random things that make up daily life. I don't know if I'd want the understanding of our society to be based on what I had lying around my house. <laughs> be that as it may, archaeologists found vessels of wine and boiled meat, and many of these vessels were inscribed with the names of city leaders. These vessels alone are giving us a much better understanding of both diet and bureaucracy in the ancient world. They also found evidence of weaving and spinning, work sites to produce mud brick for temples, and a site for making decorations for temples and tombs. All right. Well, did we learn anything from the layout of the city itself? Well, the gates and the entryways to the city were also really well preserved. This is helping us understand how the ruling class might have controlled how people moved in and out and how they may have secured the city to protect its inhabitants from outside threats. But there were other finds that are harder to decipher, like a burial site for two cows that researchers are still investigating and a burial site of a person who still has the remains of a rope around their knees. Ooh, that's kind of spooky. Were there any other human remains in there? It is a whole city after all. There is a whole section of rock-cut tombs that they still haven't been able to fully explore yet. This is a relatively new find, and there is still so much to look into. Some researchers have already said, though, that this is already one of the most important finds in Egyptian archaeological history. Wow. This makes me think back to Howard Carter. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Carter was the archaeologist who found King Tut's tomb all the way back in 1922. That discovery opened up a world of knowledge of and interest in ancient Egypt. The archaeologist who discovered this new site, Zahi Hawass, draws a lot of comparisons to Carter and Indiana Jones, too. Hat and all. He's long been an adventurous leader in archaeology in Egypt, and this most recent discovery is his biggest find yet. It's tough to get much bigger than a whole city. <laughs> the impacts will probably be even larger. There's still so much to explore, and we're already learning what daily life, worship, and social structures of the ancient Egyptian world looked like. This find is likely to fill in, if not change, so many blanks we have about this fascinating part of human history. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Anthropologists found a new site in southern France that suggests Homo sapiens arrived in Europe about 10,000 years earlier than previously thought. This new finding changes how we consider our ancient ancestors and their interactions with other human-like species. Researchers in the UK have found an incredibly large and complete fossil of the terrifying sea creature known as the sea dragon. This fossil, more than 30 feet long, will give researchers the opportunity to better understand one of the ocean's most dominant apex predators. 
Archaeologists recently discovered a previously unknown 3,000-year-old city from ancient Egypt. The quality of the site is drawing comparisons to Pompeii and giving us insights into daily life in ancient Egypt. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.